Hello, and welcome to New People, New Ways, a podcast in partnership with Fresh Expressions Florida and Fresh Expressions United Methodist that explores new ways of being church through the stories and insights of scholars and practitioners alike. I'm Piper Ramsey Sumner, layperson and cultivator of Fresh Expressions for the Florida Conference. And I'm Michael Adam Beck. I'm the director of Fresh Expressions Florida and Fresh Expressions UM. And today we have the one and the only uh, my friend Tracy Rose. And Tracy's the lay leader of Good Samaritan UMC Tallahassee in Florida. Um, I love her so much that I forgive the Tallahassee part. Um, she's a fresh expression practitioner and a recent graduate of the Adventurers Leadership Academy, which I hope we can talk more about later. And she is married to Kamala and has three daughters and four grandchildren. And she proudly identifies as a queer Christian, having repaired her relationship with the church, in large part because of the church, a home she has found. But she also loves the idea of being church to people outside the walls of the church building, and as uh, such has fallen in love with the Fresh Expressions movement. So Tracy, thanks for being on today with us. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so glad that you're here. You're you're two against one, Michael, with the Tallahassee thing because I'm yeah, also in Tallahassee. Not, not we'll gang favorite. up on you. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's okay. Are you? Yeah, yeah. I gotta say, go Gators! But uh, football starting soon. Are you? I know, Michael, you're a college football fan. What about you, Tracy? I am a college football fan. I am originally from Georgia and Alabama. <gasps> My family. Coming. Mm. pretty much Auburn fans so mm -hmm. but I am uh FSU fan by proxy uh because I have been in Tallahassee since 2005 so yeah I feel sorry bad. Michael <laughs> oh, well, I still I still love you and pray for you somebody's got to share the gospel <laughs> in those hard conditions that's right somebody's got to <laughs> take one for the team I got it <laughs> that's funny. all right well uh the first question that we always ask which some people seem to think is the toughest one. So we'll see. But so who are you? Who is Tracy Rose? I've been trying to figure that out for years. Uh, what I've come to realize so far is that there are a lot of pieces that make up the whole of who I am. Uh, I actually started writing a blog in 2017 called My Messy World, where I really kind of began sort of this journaling journey of self-discovery uh, as my youngest daughter was kind of transitioning, leaving the house and uh, venturing out on her own. And so for 30 plus years, my life had really been wrapped up, my identity and my kids. And now that they were sort of doing their own thing, I was struggling to make sense of my purpose uh, going forward. And so what I found is that I'm many things. I'm a daughter, a sister, a granddaughter, a niece, a cousin. I'm a mom, I'm an aunt, I'm an ex-wife, I'm a current wife, I'm a music lover, I'm a person who deeply loves and wants to connect with humans, I'm part of the queer community, and I'm a Christian. And so uh, with a call on my life to serve in the United Methodist Church, and so all those pieces and then some really are what makes up the whole of who I am. That's a good answer. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, is that like our best one ever, maybe? I don't know. I doubt Start it. Start ranking. <laughs> no, that was great. 
Yeah, I love that because, uh, I mean, we are, our lives are kind of like woven together with the the roles um, that we've played and um, the places we've been and the experiences we've had and the relationships. And so it makes up who we are in all those different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I could have thrown in all the stuff, too, about the education and all this, but, you know. Right. <laughs> I chose Day to job, who needs it? Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love, I feel like... Um, you are you are definitely a wonderful example of a lay person who is a part of the fresh expressions movement who is who's got a typical 9 to 5 but who also has the energy and the passion to reach people without the without the desire to go on to be clergy or to be to be um at the pulpit every sunday although you do preach sometimes which is awesome and i love love hearing you preach oh, thank um you. So tell us about how you, your story with Fresh Expressions, how did you start that connection and what was that like? Mm, I can tell you exactly when it began. It was July 23rd, 2019. Um, My former pastor, who was also the founding pastor of Good Samaritan, uh, where I attend, invited me to go to a seminar with her called Deep Roots, Wild Branches, which (laughs) the Michael Beck, along Mm. with, I believe it was David Mayle. If I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, happened to be leading. And so I left there with this feeling of being so energized and so excited and so called to change. I didn't really have a solid idea of what that all meant at the time or even what I had attended for that eight hour period, but I knew instinctively that I was called to this work. And then our pastor took a leave of absence for some family and medical issues. And, and then they, you know, had to appoint a new pastor. Uh, All of this happened when COVID was starting, um, which was unfortunate. And so it sort of just stopped movement in the entire world. Right. And it stopped movement for me over probably the next year and a half. And Once we were sort of getting ready to go back into in-person worship, the new, who is our current pastor, Michelle Schrader, invited me and several other people from our church to attend a learning session of Fresh Expressions by Faith at Trinity, UMC here in Tallahassee. And that was a workshop that we um, went to. It was a day-long workshop. That was in January of 2021. And so Michelle really took the time to get to know me and to learn the things that I'm passionate about and, and took that sort of fire that Betsy uh, lit in me. And she really kind of stoked those flames. And in 2022, I learned about the Adventurers Leadership Academy. And then Michelle was really instrumental in helping me sort of get enrolled and get going in that course. And so that's really been one of my focuses over this past year. And then I just graduated this weekend from that course. So I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. Yay. So that's how the journey began without me even realizing that's what it was. Mm-hmm. Tracy, what about that first time, like hearing about fresh expressions and being in church with people outside the church? And just what about that day uh, the Holy Spirit stirred in you like this, this powerful calling? Were there certain things that kind of stuck outer it was the idea of of really first hearing from someone who was churched that there was 
another way to reach people. We didn't have to do it the way we had always been taught to do it. There was another way besides dragging people to church with you on Sunday morning, making them feel awkward, making them feel uncomfortable, manipulating them into coming. I'll buy you lunch afterwards, like whatever we did to get them in the doors. There was this brand new, fresh way of reaching people. And the idea really appealed to me because I have always sort of had this call on my life to reach the marginalized. And so hearing you and David speak about how that can happen and not only how it can happen, but how it sort of really stems historically from the church. It's what we're called to do. Um, just brought it to life for me for the first time in such a real way that I had never heard before from anyone else. So Mm -hmm. I highly recommend anyone take all of those workshops and seminars that they can because they're life giving. I I remember the first time that um, I kind of heard about fresh expression. We were kind of doing these things throughout our ministry. We started a barbecue thing and then we started a, thing in the tattoo parlor, which I think is one of our oldest fresh expressions in the country. Mm. Uh, it's about 11 or 12 years old now, but um, I was like, so I'm not that crazy. I'm, I'm a little crazy. Yes. <laughs> but there's actually other people who think like this and they right. not, not content with just the way things are. And they, they have a focus on just not people that are already here, but how are we going to reach people? that are never going to walk in, that are marginalized, that have been harmed by the church, the LGBTQ community being one of those. Mm -hmm. And um, with having someone in my family, a child that is in the LGBTQ community, who had really negative experiences growing up in the inherited church with some particular people, Um, not everybody. I don't want to bash the inherited church because there was also some really loving saints that really nurtured her and cared for her. But um, but that that actually this is a way to be church with people that are just never going to come in. I was like, you know, this is, this is, I'll give my life to this. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I felt. And every day that goes by more and more, I feel that way. It's just mm-hmm. such a great way to, to talk to people in real life about this love that Jesus has for them. And, they might not ever experience fully what that means inside the walls of a church where they are already feeling some kind of way about being there. Mm-hmm. And I love the inherited church. I do have a love hate relationship with the church. Mm-hmm. That's probably a whole other podcast. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I love the inherited church and I love being part of it. And I don't discount what they provide to people or for people. Um But I also think that we're called to do more and to be more. It's not just about us and what we get from being at church. It's about what we take and what we learn there and and then disperse out into this world. Mm. Fresh expression is a great way to do that. Yes, that's good. That's what we think of. Like, what if we thought of the, you know, the church is a place where you get where Christians can be spiritually kind of renewed and refreshed and then also sent where we can be sent to go out and then to be the church mm-hmm. outside of that building in our everyday lives yeah. um, with those people who are not going to walk through the doors of the church, you know, or even yeah. those people that you're just going to meet for a couple minutes, you know, somebody that at the grocery store or somebody you meet at work or whatever it is, and just being, 
being God and being Jesus and the way that you treat people and bring some light and some love and grace to people in those little ways, even, you know, exactly. Yeah. Mm. So I want to hear you talk about midweek grind. I see you had your coffee cup earlier. I did plug plug for midweek grind. You too can be part of the brew crew. Um, We, um, yeah. So midweek grind is the brainchild of a combination of things that I'm passionate about it. One, I love all things coffee related. And Mm -hmm. for years, uh, I've been trying to think of some things to do that involved coffee and connecting people. Um, My wife and I used to say when we were friends and when we were dating that we could solve the world's problems over a cup of coffee and a conversation. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And two, I really have two main identities, if you will. I identify as a queer person and I identify as a Christian, a follower of Jesus. And three, I have a deep, deep love for all people, but especially people who have been marginalized. And fourth, I've kind of had this call on my life to reach the queer community and allies of the queer community who have really been harmed um, by the church in some way in the past. And they've either given up on the idea of going into a church building uh, or they're too scared to try again because they've been told they don't belong or they're not enough or the person they are is sinful and, and they just don't want to be hurt again. And so in August of 2022, when Fresh Expressions course began, one of the first things we began talking about as a group was that, you know, what what Fresh Expression did we feel God calling us to start? And we were encouraged to think about those things, obviously. And we did our prayer walks and our immersion sessions. And we listened and we watched and we engaged with those communities that we were in and prayed a lot and uh, bounced ideas off of each other with the other people in our group. And from the very beginning, I I knew it would be something like this, but it couldn't have the word church in it. It just couldn't. And so many queer people, I say that because a lot of queer people are a little like feral cats when it comes (laughs) to church stuff, because we're so accustomed to the bait and switch that we get when we try to connect with a church that whenever mm-hmm. anyone even brings up church, we sort of, we sort of scatter. And so I was trying to be sensitive to that, but at the same time I was trying to be authentic to myself and my faith. And so I started talking to Jesus and writing down the things that I was passionate about, coffee, people, conversation, and Jesus. And when we when do we usually feel our energy level dipping during the week, right? For the most of us, that's the middle of the week. Um, and I thought, man, work in life really feels like this sort of grind sometimes. And that's how I came up with the name Midweek Grind. And mm-hmm. um, the first thing I did was create a Facebook page uh, for our group. And I decided things like, should it be public or private? Because are we going to get ridiculed or, or is there going to be hate or whatever? Uh, who's my target audience and that sort of stuff. And then I reached out to a friend from church uh, named Anita, who actually helps me facilitate the group now. And uh, she's an amazing advocate for the queer community. She has a trans child 
And through her, I got connected to uh, Stephanie Schwartz with Equality Florida here in the Big Bend. And I worked with Stephanie to find a local coffee company, which is Red Eye Coffee Company. And the owner and I talked about what I was trying to do in the community. And so she loved it and agreed to hold space for us once a week to connect in her shop and have coffee together. And then I went back to Stephanie and I got permission from her to advertise our meetings and our postings on Facebook. And um, and so I do that every week now on Equality Florida's Facebook page. Um, and I think that God was very specific in that I was supposed to start the group in January of 2023. Um, so I did, not really understanding that right after that, the legislative session was beginning. And there were a lot of anti-queer and anti-trans laws that were, or bills that were, you know, being being brought forth. And people and allies in our community were really scared. And so it was definitely a God moment. And I think... Um, that was something that I'm, I'm very glad that I just said, okay, Lord, I'm going. And, um, I think what surprised me the most as we grow is it's really to use Michael's phrase, it's this sort of beautiful blended ecology, right. Um, of people on both sides of this thing. Uh, we have people who want nothing to do with the church at all, yet they're here every week. Uh, I have people who go to church every Sunday and they come as often as they can because they're allies and they want to understand more the people in the queer community. And the best way to understand people is to hang out with them. And um, we have some atheists and some agnostics and uh, some who've been hurt by the church and just can't go back, but believe and they're thinking about going back some of them. And, and we're just really, some are just trying to reconcile what they were told the Bible said with the people in their lives who are the opposite of that. And what, what does that look like for me? So no matter where they are really on their journey, they're all sort of vested in this group and they look forward to the weekly gatherings and several call it their church every week. Some don't. Um, So I, I think really the diversity of the group is probably the most surprising thing to me so far. Sorry, I know that was a lot. (laughs) I have some follow-up questions on that, actually. Okay. I love anything around coffee. You know, it's been said that that coffee fueled the Reformation and the Enlightenment uh, (laughs) in the 1500s because everybody was drunk all the time because you couldn't drink water. And so you had to drink beer and then coffee came along and people were like, (laughs) woke up. (laughs) Exactly. So I like it. Yeah. Coffee sacramental. I like it. Um, also, people like me have to be careful because I just on my vacation got down to two cups a day from like twelve. So, uh, so I'm down to four. Start going back up. Yeah, four is good. To four. Two, anything you know, twelve not good. Yeah. But <laughs> as you were sharing, I was thinking about like Luke ten one through nine. You know, in Fresh Expression, we love to talk about that passage. But you found a friend. You, you had a little team, you connected with that person a piece, the coffee shop owner, you know, you researched that, um, you had a conversation with that person, what you're trying to accomplish. And then they welcomed you. Their piece was on you. Your piece was on them. Um, you just started, you didn't overthink it. You know, you threw some stuff out on Facebook you just followed the spirit. Um, 
and something that was intrinsic to your life, like mm-hmm. something you enjoy doing, something you're passionate about, people that you feel the Holy Spirit calling you to. Uh, and I think a lot of people, they get stuck on, well, my life's already so busy, you know, where, where's space in my life? Uh, how am I going to add this to my life? And I say, don't add anything to your life. You know, think, think about like what you did. You're a perfect example of this. Coffee, midweek grind, you know, something that you would enjoy doing, you would do that. Get other people who enjoy doing that. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of simple. But And then you introduce these really deep spiritual conversations around coffee. So you, you basically followed that journey. You were listening and loving and building relationships, and you still are doing all those things and then exploring what spirituality looks like in this context. And that community starting to deepen and koinonia starting to form, even though there's significant, like, different ways people think about stuff. They're together in community every week. Right. So that was just such a beautiful illustration of, how the Holy Spirit usually, usually leads us through these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you're not ordained. You don't, you're not a licensed local pastor. But no, you, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> but you were ordained in your baptism uh, as, as a priest in the priesthood of all believers. And so you're mm-hmm. a hero to me for that. No, oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I would say... Um, yeah, I didn't realize I was following the rules for the most part, but yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> yeah, look at you. Most, no, that, that's the thing that you don't actually realize as you're doing it that you're kind of following this this journey that seems to have similar kind of stages. Mm-hmm. Um, but walk us through, like, okay, so we're in, we're sitting in midweek grind right now. What are we experiencing? What's happening right now in, at midweek grind? Uh, well, we gather in around 535 because no one in the church world or the queer world's ever on time for anything. Uh, and then, um, I usually will, if we have new people introduce myself and, uh, the people who facilitate with me and just say that we began this group. I, I started this group because I wanted a place, uh, where all of my worlds could collide. Um, I'm queer. I'm Christian. Those two worlds don't always get along very well. Um, there's awkwardness, you know, in both worlds for me. And and uh, I love coffee and I love people. And I want to be with all the things that I love at one time without feeling weird about it. And um, so I created this sort of place where we can all kind of share space together and talk about life and faith, if that's something you believe in or have, or subscribe to at this time in your life, or whatever. And um, that's me, and somebody else tell me about yourself. And then they'll, somebody will inevitably start talking to and you know, how they found the group and stuff. And we do that. And then I usually will ask people, how's your week going? Have you had any real exciting times? Have you had any highs? Have you had any lows? Uh, and most people will want to share that. And it's a time that I can say, I can sort of little introduce a little bit, you know, well, in those moments, did you see any sort of, you know, um, God moments? Like if you don't subscribe to God, did you see any sort of higher power moments? Did you see anything, you know, did you see humanity being good? Like where, you know, where did you see it in those high moments and in those low moments? What, what pulled you out of that dark moment? And so I sort of, 
yeah, inch faith into it a little bit so as not to scatter them away. And, uh, and then we usually will move on to a question of the week. I have a coffee cup. We pull the question out of the coffee cup and whatever mm-hmm. comes out is what we ask. And that they actually love. I didn't think they would, but they love mm-hmm. it. And they answer those questions. And some of them are questions um, about faith specifically. And some of them are very generic questions. So I'll say uh, one question we asked was, tell me about your um, favorite music group or artist. Tell me, or song. Tell me why. Or, and they'll say, oh, my favorite is blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, tell me why. And that's the part that makes them think, why is that? You know, or I'll say, well, about your childhood. Tell me something about your childhood. Okay. How did you ever feel like there was a time in your childhood when you felt this way? And they'll say, actually, I've always kind of felt this way with my family. So it, it really does bring them sort of out and make them softly force them to share vulnerable information but it also builds trust because when they do that and nobody goes oh or you know they begin to trust Mm -hmm. and know that they can really say anything Mm -hmm. um and one girl started coming and the first thing she said was well i'm i'm so and so and and i'm an atheist and she looked at me and i said cool (laughs) and she's like well i mean i've studied the bible i've read the bible and i'm like oh cool what'd you think she's like well I say I'm an atheist, but I don't know. And so, it, it, you know, <laughs> it's just that, oh, you accept me? Even mm-hmm. though I say I don't believe in your God? Of course. You're a human. You're a person. I love you. And, you know, it's so it's really just building community with them and helping them find space where they feel safe and that they can be vulnerable and really be themselves. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It sounds like you are really creating a community of belonging yes, uh, where people can just be loved and nurtured and and known and and their names known and loved. Mm -hmm. And then people are all on this journey of belief, even the atheists who are saying, no, maybe I'm agnostic or whatever. I hear that a lot. Um, But that's their journey to make, right? And we're not trying to push anybody. We're just creating that space for people to make their journey and Something the church has not just done well, but for for our listeners who are like starting stuff and maybe they, was there ever a time where you were like, you had the hit the wall moment? Maybe it was just you showed up or a couple people and you're like, should I stop, pull the plug? Is this not working? Did you ever have that or has it just kind of started and flourished all along? Well, I mean, we don't, that's the beautiful thing about the fresh expressions world is we don't deal with numbers. Now, we don't deal with butts and seats. And so if one person shows up, I, you know, Jesus is there with us. And that's one person mm-hmm. needed something that day that we were able to provide. Uh, and so mm-hmm. there have been times where it's just been me and a couple of other people or and there's been times when there's been 14 or 16 of us there. Um, but, you know, it's it, it. I don't see it. I don't see it yet as a failure at all because I feel like I'm reaching a community that needs to be reached, even though they're scared and they don't know it. For example, we 
might have an average of, you know, 10 people a week show up, but 90 something people follow our page. Many of those people are from the Equality Florida world, which is a queer, you know, LGBTQ world. And so that instinctively tells me they're looking for something. Mm. Um, They're just, you know, not ready to do it in person yet. So I think there's opportunity to reach even more people than we're reaching one day. But I kind of like that it's very slow because I think that that helps build intimate relationships and bond us together. Mm-hmm. And I think that the people who are coming need that in their life. So mm-hmm. they're not yet. I, I, love, I love what you said there. I just got to say one thing and then Piper, come on. But <laughs> Jesus talked about small things, right? And he he invested his whole life in this small little group of women and men. Um, And it wasn't about numbers for Jesus, right? And everything about church is, you know, the success of it is how many people come or whatever. And that's so foreign to what Jesus actually did. But um, I also just think about if every single follower of Jesus created a little midweek grind, where we're just really investing in 12, 16, 10, 5 people mm-hmm. intimately and, and committed to their, you know, flourishing as a human being. Imagine what kind of place the world would be, right? Exactly. And we want to jump right to this. Let's build big buildings and pack all these people in. And I'm going a little bit on the inherited church right now, but there's a space for that. So let me say that's also can be good and it can be done well. But mm-hmm. it can be the smallness. And, and your just commitment to the lives of these people and the impact that that's making, that is success, right? I love what you said. Like if it's Absolutely. me and one other person, Jesus is there, success. Yeah. So I mean, even that. if you have 30 people in your church, if we each did a fresh expression and 10 people showed up every week to have coffee or play a board game or have a beer or get a tattoo or whatever, that's 300 yes. people a week we're reaching mm-hmm. talking to about Jesus and life and faith. So mm-hmm. that's not, there's no way to lose at that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. I was going to comment on, you mentioned that, um, that you people are seeing it in even in joining the group digitally, you know, just to hear the updates, but maybe not being there in person and thinking about just how important that, visibility can be how seeing Christians in a queer space. And so people are, there might be people who are suspicious and are curious and they're waiting, you know, to, to see if midweek grind is a safe space, you know? Yes. And just thinking about the idea of the importance of presence or withness, you know, is a kind of related to that. But, um, you know, I think I have a friend who's a, um, who's a minister and she was at a, a pride parade and she was wearing her, you know, her vestments and everything. And she had the rainbow, you know, thing on. And um, somebody came up to her and was like, can I have a hug? And they just said like, they didn't like, I didn't know the church could do this, like could love, could love people like me and would be at a place like this. And so just that simplicity, like she didn't do anything besides she just stood around wearing her, you know, dress like she dressed on Sunday mornings. And that was enough to be really healing for some people, you know, and similar things happen by doing things like, you know, like brew theology is done in breweries. And so that's not an expected place where you'd think that Christians would be showing up to engage with these kinds of conversations, you know, and, exactly. you know, Michael doing things in, um, 
you know, in recovery centers in these places that, um, you know, that you would, that people wouldn't think that the church would show up, but the church tattoo parlors, tattoo yeah. parlors, yeah, dog parks, you know, things like that. These ordinary places that people kind of think like, oh, the church wouldn't, you know, wouldn't wouldn't want to, doesn't have the desire, or that God is not going to show up there, but Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and piggybacking off what you just said, I there are people who've trickled in and said, you know, I've been watching these updates on Facebook and Instagram and seeing the pictures, and I wanted to come for four weeks or whatever, but I didn't want to get roped into going to church. That's not mm-hmm. my deal. And and and, and inevitably, one of my non-church people will say, oh, no, 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 that will never happen here. She doesn't do that. We don't do that. Mm. She's never done that to us. Or they're like very quick to sort of, um, I don't I don't know what the word is, but, you know, just kind of like guard me and be like, oh, no, 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 she doesn't do that. They don't do that yeah. here. Uh, that's not what this group is about. So yeah. I, I like that they feel comfortable enough knowing who I am because I'm very open in my faith mm-hmm. um, to be able to say that to new people. Yeah. So. I feel like you do that also with um, the t-shirts that you wear. I do. You, I wear a lot wear of t-shirts. t-shirts yeah, purpose. I got one on today. It says God's love is fully inclusive. Yes, so, I love that. Yeah, I wear these t-shirts everywhere. Um, and people will ask about them all the time. Mm-hmm. So, or great. give it, me a dirty look, whatever. Yeah. My, um, my <laughs> Palm Sunday, my Palm Sunday was the first riot. That's, that oh, gets me some. That gives me some nice looks. <laughs> I love that. Did you wear it? You wore it on Palm Sunday, didn't you? Oh, no. Aww. No, I did not. <laughs> I was expecting like, next year, next year. <laughs> That's great. I love that. So yeah. you, the, just this last week, we were all together for the Adventures Leadership Academy. And this was the the last one that you were at as a student. You might, you're probably going to come to one of our next gathering days because it's too exciting not to. But can you tell us a little bit about um, what your experience with the Adventures Leadership Academy and what was it, what it was like for you? Uh, it was one of, and I used this word before, but it's true. It's really one of the most life-giving experience for me inside the church world. It is you just, you leave these immersion sessions so on fire and, and, and feel like you are better equipped to, to be able to just go out and do the work that you know, instinctively you are called to do. Mm-hmm. It just makes you feel, I mean, not to, it. it's not just the it's not just the learning that you get from the lectures, which are really good. Actually, I listened to all the lectures. They're very good, Michael. Thank you. Um, the books we have to read so much reading. Holy cow. Don't haze people next time with that one. Um, the, um, you know, and the learning we get from all the people that were, there's just such a, it's very dynamic. Mm-hmm. We learn from so many different types of people and they're doing so many different types of things. And it really sort of, there's this like rapid fire that happens in my brain when I start driving home from Mm -hmm. these immersion sessions. It's like, Oh, Oh, I could do, Oh, Oh, we could do what, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things that you don't even think about until you start experiencing them in these other places. And so, um, 
it's really been amazing. And I've learned a lot about the history of the church, about the history of why Fresh Expressions really is church and why we really should be doing it more. Uh, how that's sort of a Wesleyan kind of, you know, way of doing things. And it, it just makes so much more sense because I'm not a cradle. I mean, I'm not a lifelong Methodist. I'm a new baby Methodist, I guess you could say. And so it was really, really a lot of good knowledge that I probably wouldn't have gotten had I not attended these, you know, these courses over the last year or so. Very thankful. Yeah. Highly recommend. Highly recommend. Yeah. Although the John Wesley nerds will learn lots about him. <laughs> yeah. Learn. And Susanna. Susanna Wesley. Susanna Wesley, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, who started the first fresh expression. Who started the first fresh expression in her kitchen. Yep. Two hundred people a week. Yep. She wow. got in a lot of trouble. We like that. Troublemakers. It was, yeah. was called midweek grind. No. Just, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, exactly. It's funny because even though you're, you know, relatively new to Methodism, you embody what actually the early Methodist movement looked like mm-hmm. um, before we got respectable and moved into like racist structures and segregation and exclusion and buildings and all that. Um, I hope we, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got a question. You know, you said sometimes the, uh, you get the dirty looks from the shirts and you get sure. obviously the resistance, you get haters, you get, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. it's within the body. Yeah. Sometimes it's without, you know, you, you openly shared that, that kind of love, hate. What sustained you through that adversity, through um, dirty looks, through um, people that claim Jesus but don't act like him? My faith in God that I am called to be here in this time, in this space, in this place. And if I let anyone talk me out of that, then I'm doing a disservice to God. And I think that I didn't, it's not a thing, it's the truth. I I started coming to the Methodist church when I was in 2015 and uh, I fell in love with the church, that, that little local church, but I had heard, you know, things about Methodists and queer people. And um, 2017, I, I finally, you know, God said, this is where I want you, even though I kept trying to move away. And um, so I joined the church in 2017 and then the vote happened and um, the infamous vote. And so I tried to run again and, and God again told me, no, I need you to stay put. I have plans for you. And all I kept hearing was your bridge, your bridge, your bridge. And so it's like, I really don't want to do this again. I can't, can't do this with the church again. I can't be hated by the church again. And so God's like, stick around, stick around, stick around. And so um, really, I mean, I just stuck around because God told me to. And I just can't let anything, I just can't, can't do it. I did that before. I let people pull me away from the church. I let people in the church pull me away from God. And I will never, ever, ever let that happen again. I don't care what they think about me. 
<laughs> I care about what God thinks about me. And so that's really what drives me forward. And I know that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I may not be doing it right all the time. I ask forgiveness. I try and I fell forward. So it's all I know to do. So I guess the short answer is Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Great. Yeah, I think that's a, it is a special and an important calling to, like you said, to like be, to be a voice, to be a, a witness to, you know, and to, you know, just, and it's not even that you have to do much besides just be yourself and being a queer Christian is, shouldn't be such a radical thing, but it is in our, in our day and age. And I think, um, people like you like give me hope and it makes me proud to, um, you know, to stand alongside you and to do what I can to be an ally for you and for family members and, um, queer people and trans people that I love and that are in my life who I very much believe deserve to have churches like the one that you found here in Tallahassee that love and accept and that strive to outwardly, um, be reconciling and inclusive. I think that's just such an, such an important thing for me. Um, so I'm grateful that, you're my friend and that you're here in Tallahassee. <laughs> I am grateful for those things too. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, um, I'm grateful for a lot of things God's done in my life. I, I do get the question of why fresh expressions and lay ministry. I don't understand. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. God said, do fresh expressions or God gave me this passion for fresh expressions. And God said, do the lay ministry. And I think, really do think it's because I need to have a voice inside the church somehow. And to do that, the church, you know, we're Methodists. We like, we like, we like things in order. And so I think to do that is good to be certified uh, in their eyes and to do the work behind it. And it is good work. Mm-hmm. The Fresh Expressions world is is dynamic and I'm passionate about it. And I really want to. I really want to have those two worlds that I love so much um, love me back as a queer Christian. Mm-hmm. And so I think that I, God has given me the opportunity to do these things so that I can somehow, in some way, be a voice in this conference. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know what that means yet, but that's, that's where we are. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and you already are a voice and you're a prophetic voice um, that God is using to move our conference in a, in a, in a, a new, really important direction. Um, and your ministry uh, is prophetic by you just be, being fully who you are. And my hope with Fresh Expressions is that these two things living together and people like you that are a bridge between the two things that over time um, they'll influence each other because there's good things. The inherited church brings the centering processes, you know, safe sanctuaries. There's some helpful stuff in there, right? There's a lot of stuff that I'm like, I want to bang my head against the wall stuff, right? but then there's some good stuff. And I think over time, fresh expressions will bleed into and, influence the way we just do church in general Mm -hmm. like people will start listening and loving and building relationships and 
will learn something from this movement of the Holy Spirit, and the and the movement will learn something from the system, and they'll they'll you know be able to live together. That didn't happen in early Methodism, like John Wesley. You know, he yeah. they basically rejected for a large part his ministry, and you know he had to ordain somebody and all that business, but. They didn't really learn to lo- live together, and so Methodism became its own kind of denomination and all of that. My hope is that in this moment in time, that we won't have to have that kind of a thing, but we'll actually just become one big blended ecology of church. Mm-hmm. So, thank you for what you're doing. We're we're watching you. We're cheering you on. We're praying for you, and um, it gives me a lot of hope. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for taking me under your wing and seeing something in me that I don't even know if I see in myself. And and um, I hope I can help you in the work that you're doing in Florida uh, in any way that I can. Really, I'm 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 ready. Yeah. yeah. We had an awesome. Yeah, we had an awesome team brewing up in Florida. I'm excited mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So another um, one of our last questions we want to ask you is, um, and this one's another big question, but I know you got it. So what does the future, what do you think the future looks like and what is your hope? The future of the church for me, specifically the United Methodist Church where I serve would looks like it would become more welcoming and affirming environment for LGBTQ plus people. Um, There would be diversity in every church in every way. People literally of the, you know, what we say every Sunday at my church of all ages, races, colors, nationalities, gender identities, sexual orientations, political parties, education and abilities all of those things coming together in one space as one body to worship mm-hmm. and carry out the mission of our church, which is to make disciples for the transformation of the world. It would look like that both at the micro and the macro levels of the church. My mm-hmm. hope for the church, <laughs> that's a longer list. Um, my hope is for full acceptance and inclusion, uh, a perfect church for me. Uh, if there is such a thing would be um, it would embrace and affirm the identities and the gifts and the talents of queer persons, uh, treating them with respect and love and equality without really any form of discrimination or prejudice. Uh, The church would have an open and affirming theology, meaning that the church's Theological beliefs and teachings would would explicitly support LGBTQ rights and inclusion. Um, I would love it if we would reevaluate and reread and interpret religious texts in a new, fresh way uh, that affirms queer individuals. Um, there would be sufficient L- LGBTQIA plus leadership and a representation at all levels throughout the church and the conference and the denomination. Uh, I think that the presence of openly gay uh, or queer leaders and and clergy within the church would really help foster a sense of belonging and understanding uh, for queer individuals who are 
looking for a place to worship. Um, the church would have diverse congregations where people from various backgrounds and orientations come together and create a welcoming and supportive environment for queer people and provide safe spaces where queer people can be themselves uh, without fear, again, of judgment or persecution. Um, I think the church would provide support groups, counseling, and, and other resources that are specifically tailored to the needs of the queer community and the queer members of the church, specifically related or surrounding church trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love to see the church engage in social justice advocacy, including queer rights to address some broader issues that affect our community. Uh, and something that's very important to the queer community is family acceptance. Uh, our families many times are made, they're not born. And so encouraging an environment where the families of queer persons are also welcomed and supported is huge. Um, I'd also love to see the regular, more regular opportunities, I guess, at the local church, at the district, at the conference levels for education and open dialogue on LGBTQ plus issues. I think that this would help tremendously to foster uh, understanding and empathy within the congregation itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, And last, I'd say my hope is to see more inclusive liturgy and worship. Uh, I think incorporating inclusive language and liturgical practices uh, that recognize and honor all the members of the community, regardless of their sexual orientation or gender identity, I think it's really important. And it's something that we don't really see broadly happening right now. Mm-hmm. And that can be little changes uh, to a word in the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise God, all creatures here below. Praise God. It doesn't have to be patriarchal or him or her or who, whatever. Like there are little ways you can change things, I think, that still honor the traditions and mm-hmm. honor what we're trying to do and what we're saying in those, you know, ancient, beautiful hymns and representations, but in a way that also is affirming to other people. Mm-hmm. So sorry, that was a long answer to you. <laughs> it was great. It was a it was a great and well thought out and robust answer. Thank you for it. Mm-hmm. For for say like I'm I'm, a, I'm part of an inherited church. I'm a listener out there. I'm taking in everything you're saying, and I'm on board. Like I want my church to look like what you just described. Um, I'm I'm all in. What would you say is a starting point for most congregations to move toward all that you just said? Like where what what would you suggest? How do we start down that path? Um, Well, I always turn people toward the Reconciling Ministries Network. It's a phenomenal, phenomenal group of people who really walk churches through this type of thing every single day. They'll come and they'll do presentations and talk to your church about what it means to be a reconciling congregation, how you get there, uh, the steps you need to take. Um, do you need a vote? Like all the things that need to happen um, at the local level, if you're not quite ready for that yet, I would say start having conversations in your church with people. Start 
I think it's important in a church setting, in the inherited church setting, for the pastors to, or the clergy to, not not ride both sides of the fence. I'm trying to be <laughs> um so I think that clergy needs to make sure that that the congregants in their church understand that where they are uh and that they are all about inclusive and this is what Jesus taught us to do. Here's why I believe it. Um you know, I think it's important that if if they see the the leader in their church going a direction, they'll inevitably follow if there's some history and love and respect among those members of that church. Um, And it could go a lot of ways, you know that. But uh, I think that Jesus weeds out for us. We don't have to do that. All we got to do is love people. And at the end of the day, when they say, I don't understand why we got to do it, because we're supposed to love people. Do do you want to tell Jesus who we should and shouldn't love? I don't. I'm going to love the guy on the street here who asked me for five bucks and I know he's not going to eat with it. He's going to go buy a drink. That's, it's not for me to say I'm called to love people. And then I trust God to do the work in them. That's it. I'm not called to judge them or say who, what they do and don't have or can and can't offer. That's not my place. That's me saying, I don't trust you, God. So that's pretty much what I do with people. That usually shuts them up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's good because <laughs> how, how do you argue against you know greatest commandment second is like it you know love people right. love god love and people. grace the united methodist church is built on grace yes i have grace have for have you grace. if you don't believe what i believe i still yeah. want to worship with you i still call you brother and sister i know you don't believe it what i believe i know you don't understand and i know you don't agree mm. but guess what i love you anyway why? Because I'm called to. Mm. Sucks for me, but it's the way it is. Mm. It might suck for you, but it's the way it is. So mm-hmm. that's good. <laughs> I felt like I had to throw in a cuss word because all your people do. <laughs> that's true. There's at least one. One trip. It's like a it's like a PG thirteen movie. We're allowed one. <laughs> that's funny. All right. Well, this was a really wonderful conversation. But the last question, because I know that you have an amazing um, TikTok presence and do a lot of cool things online. So I want to get that out there for people. So where can our listeners find you online? Where can they learn more about what you're up to? Well, I'm not like Piper TikTok strong, but, you know, um, a few people follow me. <laughs> I'm on several social media platforms. Uh, as Michael says, the old people. Um, you know, they can find us on Facebook. Um, they can search for me by name, Tracy Rose, uh, T-R-A-C-Y-R-O-S-E, or they can follow the page uh, for our fresh expression by searching Midweek Grind. They can find any past blogs that I've written by searching My Messy World there also. Um, they can find me on Instagram by searching Tracy's Messy World. Uh, that's all one word. Uh, or they can search and follow Midweek Grind on Instagram, all one word. And if they are on TikTok, then they can search for me again by name, Tracy Rose, or at My Messy World. You can find me either way. Awesome. 
or they can log on to Good Samaritan's page on Facebook and inevitably there'll be a post for me somewhere in there that they can find. <laughs> cool. They'll track you down. They'll track down. me down somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Well, thank you again for being with us. This was awesome. Any closing thoughts? Um, keep doing what you're doing because the work that you're doing with people who want to do fresh expressions is amazing. And we're learning a lot from you and from you as a leader, from you as a professor, from you as a cultivator, from all of you, we're learning so much and just your faith in us and the way that you rally around us and, and make sure that we're okay and that we're understanding and, and that we go out and do the damn thing, you know? Uh, I love it and it's needed in our church. And so don't ever lose that energy. Don't ever lose that desire, that passion. It's appreciated. Well, thank you both. Thank you. Thank you. And to those that have joined us and are listening, thank you so much for being here for this episode of New People, New Ways. If you enjoyed our conversation with Tracy, please share it with a friend and do the whole rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Um, if you would like to learn more about Fresh Expressions, you can check us out at freshexpressionsfl.org and then find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. See you next time on New People, New Ways.